Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you're insurgency me up, man. in their lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right, here we go, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. How was that? <laughs> hey, Wizard, let me tell you something. I, I'm so fired up to have you on that microphone today. Man, while Russ has gone, I, I've been wanting you to get off my computer, at least have a microphone for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm fired up you're out here today. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I do appreciate that. So guess we got coming on today. Do you, do you remember where you met Benny? I think it was at work. It wasn't work. I'm pretty sure the first time I remember the Fox. Yeah, at Jolly Fox. I had a class with him. Oh yeah, ROTC. ROTC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. military science class. And I'll never forget. I was sitting there, and there was there's a, a Sigma Chi sitting right next to me. <laughs> we we kind of we were going through rush. We kind of met, and then he comes walking in, had sunglasses on, and and a weightlifting tank top. You know the spaghetti strap <laughs> deals. <laughs> Those are always awesome. This guy's you know Benny's a Hulk man. I mean, oh, yeah, huge, literally. Like and, they could have molded the Hulk after this. Yeah, go. He has that goatee he wears around, man. He comes and sat down next. I was like, "Oh my god, dude! What? Look at the size of this Joker!" And then he, right in the middle of the class, he there's a a sprite sitting on there on the table, and he goes, "Hey, is this yours?" I mean, right out of Pulp Fiction before Pulp Fiction even happened. And, and the guy goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You mind if I have a drink of that?" <laughs> <laughs> this happened, man. I mean, this is way before Pulp Fiction. That's and a he, tasty he burger. That, he was, yeah. <laughs> I think he was sick, and he he drank it. And he goes, "Thanks." Sat it right back down, and you know, just as nice as can be. If you know him, right? But if you don't, you're like, "Oh my god, man!" Please, please don't. Yeah, please don't hurt me. This guy becomes <laughs> unhinged. I mean, I remember working in the Fox that first couple of nights he was there, and we were doing the, the ritual, dump him in the beer tub. New, all that new guy. guy come in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was standing. Which I mean, he fell for the first part of it. Hey, go get the bottle caps out of the beer tub. Were you guys working as bouncers, though? Yeah, we were bouncers. Yeah, we were bouncing back then. <laughs> okay. And uh, he leans in there and starts pulling the bottle caps. And like, Marcus, go get him. I was like, no problem. <laughs> I'll walk over there and grab him. And I mean, at first, he's he's kind of, he's, he's loosened up a little bit. But as soon as I put my arms around him, he goes like this. Oh. And man, I felt like I grabbed the wall. Like a boa constrictor. <laughs> Hell no, I felt like you grab a hold of like a, a, a concrete block. block. Like a block of rock, uh-huh. man. I was like. Oh man! <laughs> it was then, then that I realized yeah, I made a terrible only mistake. Then had I realized the mistake, I think I was set up. <laughs> and Needless to say, he, he didn't get in the beer tub. Yeah, he might have been the only one that didn't get into the beer tub. I saw him put plenty of dudes in there, though. I, I I walked into the bar one time, and the bar at the Jolly Fox for for all you lucky ones who haven't been there, it <laughs> runs the length of the bar. 
every bit of it. It's it's really long. So I don't know, twenty five, twenty eight feet. This is the main bar. The main the bar. Beer tubs are off on the side. It's, okay. Oh, it is a horse trough, drinking trough full of. Oh, for those yeah. of you. Right, uh, anyway, right. I, I don't know. Benny was telling <laughs> us. He the was telling tub. a story. Uh, not exactly. I don't really remember the story. I just remember the effort that was put into the story. And he reaches across and grabs a hold of the bar on the very end and starts pulling on it. <laughs> and the freaking building started to shake. <laughs> the building. I mean, the, all the bartenders started looking up at their stations because the glasses <laughs> the glass were shaking. There, yeah. And everybody thought we were having an earthquake. And he's down at the very end of one end of it. And has got a hold of it. <laughs> It's built like a horseshoe. What was it, 25 feet long? It was every bit of it. And it's got a horseshoe at the end, and then there was a dance floor, and there was an elevated stage, right? There's another problem. He's on the end of it. Just <laughs> yeah, giving it the business, you know what I mean? And everybody's like, what? Crap was falling off the... Anyway, there was another time that a big, nice beer kicker broke out, and I had a hold of two guys trying to shuffle him out the door, and then uh-huh. I'm immediately lifted off my feet, as well as the other two. And Benny had picked us all three up. I'm 6'3", two twenty, And the dudes I was wrestling with were every bit a double me. <laughs> and yeah. he carried us outside. That That's how I'm impressive of a human being. Uh, yeah, we're about to introduce is. y'all too. But he's not the only one of your, you know, y'all's friends that are, have done something particularly interesting. I mean, he, he went on to, oh, we'll football. get into, yeah, into that I mean, in a minute. Guys, no, you no, know, no, his, we've his got career, yeah, every, trainer, everyone, no everyone around us has done something Remarkable. We got a oh. world superbike champion in the family. A lot of guys own their own businesses. So, well, here's the deal: is a lot of the guys we grew up were all brothers, and they go into fan as family mm-hmm. businesses. The Rooneys, Albrights, Thornberries. I mean, you go just keep going down, down, and then you had us. We were the littlest. We weren't the youngest though, but we were the littlest. And the older guys, I mean, they you know it's kind of one of those they picked on us and pushed us around, but they didn't let anybody else do it. Mm-hmm. So we just got to reciprocate all the way down. And then as we branched out from high school, we all followed each other. Basically went to the same universities. And then we gathered a few more guys. Mm-hmm. And then when Morgan and I went to the teams, we gathered some more and so forth and so on. So that's those are the guys you run into all the time. But the, So to touch, to touch on the, what kind of caliber a human being that our next guest is. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get into talking about so, you know, who it, he is. Right, kind yeah, of so from the, coming idea. from Mahia, Texas, which... No idea where that is. Anna Nicole Smith's from there, though. Huh? Anna Nicole Smith's from there. Yeah, well, we see how that turned out. <laughs> is Anna that, is that what's written on the Welcome to Mahia I think sign? so. She worked at the Kentucky Fried Chicken in, in Mahia. <laughs> the accomplishments of of, the, of our next guest absolutely do not, you would not think. Match that up with his. Match up with where he his came beginnings from. No, where absolutely. He came from. I mean. It's one of those yeah. deals where you get somebody who, who kind of. We had a lot, I mean, all, a lot in common. So, I mean, like his father was an alcoholic, abusive alcoholic, but, um, didn't come from means. It's more common, right. just like all of us, man, and just had that drive, work ethic, call it work ethic back in the day. Now it's drive, determination, intensity, Yeah, everything other than work ethic. Yeah, has a, has a hard family life, moves out at the age of 15, lives by himself. Eagle Scout. Eagle Scout, works at Sonic to pay the bills, his own bills. Amazing athlete, gets and gets a ride to go to Sam Houston State University to play football mm-hmm. and works i don't know seven jobs while he's going to school because he didn't have a full ride it's just partial scholarship i think mm. that's how we ended up kind of all coming together and working together and starting our got strength training everybody else too right he, when he, and he uh, had going to help the girl, all the, yeah, all the yeah. girls volleyball basketball and stuff and then once he graduates college with a degree his first job is with the dallas cowboys assistant strength coach 
That's how, how did that happen? Which means we all got a job at the Cowboys. Why? Right? <laughs> you know, every once in a while you come across the caliber of an individual that just kind of stands out and is like, oh, hey, this is the next generation of what we need in this business. That was uh-huh. him. But you can tell when he, yeah, you, know, you walk, somebody walks into a room, you're like, he's kind of like, right? Yeah, sure. Skips. Some people this have an like, aura uh, about this guy. Them. We need to hear what he has yeah. to say, or I need to meet this or individual. Or at least take that, notice and see what. And it absolutely the scariest some bitch you ever seen in your life until he smiles, and then you're like, oh. He, oh, maybe he, that's why he take notice. Oh, he's talking about yeah. smile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't smile, here, right? Kind of, <laughs> oh, he looks uh, dangerous. Leads the Cowboys, goes to Texas Tech. Yep. Texas Tech, Tennessee, Tennessee, the University. Has a great run at Texas Tech with Mike Leach. Yeah, then the University of Texas. And now Mike he's Brown. doing some work with. Now he works in a private. Yeah, yeah he's up in Ab- Abilene. Abilene, wow. Abilene uh, Texas. Working he won that Abilene show. Joint. The show Strong. Yeah, okay. And then while he's doing all this, he's on um, a syndicated show Strong with Sylvester Stallone and wins it. Nice. What's up? Nice. And he's doing some kind of work yeah. with, is it Air Force? Yeah. yeah. So he works with, he works with vets. He, 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 what he's done is he created kind Developing of Developing some kind of more intelligent. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the more he gets, the more, the more he gets, the more he gives back. Win. Very cool. Winner. The more he learns, the more successful he is, the more determined he is. Beautiful the more wife, he gives back. twin boys, and a lovely daughter. Actually adopted their daughter. Gorgeous. Yeah. Really? Gorgeous family. Amazing. Great. Awesome. I mean, just, you need this you need somebody like this in your life you know how people have like oh this is the greatest this is the greatest individual this that and the other greatest individual right. we ever met yeah so this is one of the ones like a clint bruce you don't have you don't have you don't keep it's hard to have a bad day when he's around you huh. like well, you're dealing with somebody who can exist in everybody's kind of reality i mean he can just he can get along with you and you and you and you and then he can if you tell him what you do for a living and then, you know he can motivate you to do that it's kind of one of those guys awesome yeah I'm motivated to hear from him. Yeah, right? I know. Let's get him on, man. So Let's do it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Can't wait. Just so everybody out, knows out there that Marks and I grew up with Benny. Uh, he's absolutely one of our closest brothers and friends. Uh, I actually named my firstborn son after Benny, um, Gunnar Wiley. No kidding. Well. So hey, that, man, we were talking about this the other day. I don't have anything that cool yeah, to I, prove how much that, I love that, him. That'll that, that tell, that tell you right there how, how awesome of an individual We were going guy. back and forth on the text messages, and all of a sudden, uh, it got emotional. Morgan's like, man, I love you so much. I named my firstborn after you. That's you know, I was like, yeah, I don't have anything, I got anything that cool. <laughs> hey, Benny, so what we're going to do is what we like to call the Mad Minute, which is going to be a bunch of... It's going to be some rapid-fire questions we're going to shoot at you, and you send back whatever the first thing that comes to your mind is. It's just a little, uh, it's a bit to get what, what Dave likes to call the prefrontal cortex up and running. So are you ready? Let's do it. Let's All do right. this. All right, so first and foremost, uh, my first question is, what would you rather be, a rock star, a pro athlete, or an actor? Oh, uh, wow. Uh, neither of those three things, but if I had to pick one, I guess a rock star. What would you rather be then? <laughs> You open up Pandora's box. Um, I would love to be an architect if I had to pick something. I'd love to be an architect. Really? Build, design, and create, yes. And I can't even nail two boards together in a straight line. <laughs> I, God I, bless you. That's the truth, man. I couldn't either. You know, if I had every tool needed to do that, and it's typical like us, right? And then uh, last year when I built that chicken house, it was a disaster, but I got it built. Now, now I got oh, man, The chicken house is awesome. I love it. <laughs> It's still standing, right? That, oh, it's standing. All I think right. a weather there, there you go. thing is not going anywhere. There you go. That's where all the cockroaches are going to go to hide out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Favorite superhero? Um, no question. The Incredible Hulk. Boom. Saw that one coming. 
I got it right here for you, brother. I knew he's coming on. Hulk smash, baby. Hulk smash. <laughs> oh, that was me growing up as a kid because I was a little bitty kid. I was a runt. And uh, so being picked on by my brothers and my cousins, I would kind of get in that little ball and uh, turn into the Hulk. And, I mean, everybody would just run for cover when I did that. So so the Hulk was kind of my guy. Just just so everybody out there knows, and, and Benny is his, actually has the same physique <laughs> as the Incredible Hulk right now. <laughs> That's it, it's embarrassing. So, yeah, when, yeah, so none of us grew till sw- later. Yeah, when we're all hanging out at the swimming pool, Benny takes his shirt off. We all put three layers of clothes on and go back inside. That's, that's, I can't believe how little we were. As opposed to what it is now, right? It's right. Unbelievable, unbelievable. All right, I got one for you. What's um? Give me a bucket list item that you haven't accomplished yet. Uh, climb Mount Everest. Boom! We're doing that together. That's one of mine too. At fifty, right? When we turn fifty. Doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I mean, I don't know why we have Let's to do it do together. We're doing it together. We're talking about that earlier, but we're still trying to find these reasons to prove that we're hard. You know, if we go up on Everest, man, there's a pretty good chance we're going to lose something. And I'm not talking about a piece of gear, a flashlight. <laughs> I'm talking about a toe or a finger or an end of my or nose. A and, yeah, man. All right, let's it do is it. worth is <laughs> yes. it is worth a toe. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, See? that's why I'm running this hundred miler. Then after we we've already discussed it. after the hundred miler, Everest. We're going to start with like McKinley or Denali. I'm going to complain the whole way up. All right, first car. Uh, first car. I had a 1967 uh, Chevelle. It was my dad's. It was a two-door. It was sweet. Boom. Uh, loved it. Um, That's a great three on the tree. Out. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't know if anything was better than the Forerunner, bro. Uh, yeah, the Forerunner. <laughs> <laughs> the I was going to say, man, I, I love the Forerunner. Oh, man. That was like the coolest car oh, in college. The Forerunner was awesome. <laughs> yeah, the Forerunner was great, man. It was a great car. I don't know how that thing hauled didn't have enough wheels. I mean, it had enough stamina to haul us around, though. Yeah, we had a couple of good cars uh, through that oh college God. years. Uh, it was awesome. Where's the red truck? I mean, the red, red, sled, red yeah. sled, dude, and the goat. Goat and the red sled. <laughs> God, collectively together, I think that if you put all those trucks together, the uh, the total cost would be like twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be that high. <laughs> all right, if you could be uh, if you could be president for a day. One thing you would do, president for a day. One thing you do. Oh man, I would um, do my best to find everyone that hurts children and hurt them. Um, ah. You know, there, there's so many crazy people out there that do so many crazy things to kids, and you know, those are just the most despicable people on the planet. Mm-hmm. So if I could figure out how to fix that in a day, yeah, I would. Yeah, that's the, the thing. Purge. That, we could do the purge in twenty-four hour time period. That, absolutely, I'm. And everybody I'm, thinks I'm all the in. people who I mean, abuse the women and children are are tough and mean. I mean, they're cowards, dude. They're the weakest of the of, of us. That's what's cowards. so freaking upsetting, man. Mm-hmm. Don't get me fired up. Te- I got one. Should Texas be its own country? I already know the answer to this question. Absolutely, yes. All right, favorite movie character you like to play out in real life? Oh, who man? Um. Man, that's a tough one because uh, I'm a movie guy. Uh, um, uh, Armageddon, uh, like Bruce Willis. <laughs> Saving that's the first world. for that one. Saving that means that world. we would nice. get to go up in the shuttle. Yeah. I like it. I think I'm yes. like it. <laughs> and so you guys make it back. Let's I don't quite make it back. <laughs> Taking it for the team. Very no. Taking it for the team. Who's up? Wizard, you got one? Yeah. If uh, you could give truth serum to anyone for 10 minutes, who are you going to give it to? Oh, uh, say Jen. She is she is full of truth anyway, as it is. Back. Um 
probably my probably I would have given it to my mother, you know, because she was so honest and so beautiful and uh, she protected us. So I'd li- actually like to have asked her some questions that I know she um, lied to me with like good intention uh, growing up. So. Oh, God bless her. Very interesting. Yeah, it is Thank you. when you. Yeah, God bless her. When you realize that's happened, right? When you become a parent and you and you see something happen, you wait. Wait a minute, I did that same thing. My my mother she lied to me, man. She did it for the right reason. I get it. Yeah. All right. What was the greatest Western movie ever made? Tombstone or Lonesome Dove? Oh wow, man! You'd put me in that one. I, I would if you were said my choice. I would have said Big Jake by John Wayne. But since you didn't ask me what was my choice, I would have to go with tombstone is it's just it's just iconic for right. our generation right. you know so you it's a loaded question right he asked you your exactly. favorite and then he gives you the two you pick from <laughs> well, yeah i was i should you know how i should have said i was like lonesome dove great or the greatest movie ever made both are all incredible and awesome so i was saying that i watched both of them yesterday popped into my head mm. All right, brother. That's a mad minute, man. Good job. We're all warmed up and ready to go. And what we like to do is when we, we kind of the concept behind the podcast, Team Never Quit, man, is we bring amazing people on, such as yourself, and let them tell their story, their their greatest never never quit moment, and how they kind of struggled through that, and what they did to get through it, and lay that out. So the people who are out there listening, man, they're a lot of times they're in the same situations that we were in coming up, or it might be a different situation, and the outcome will probably almost be the same right and and having people such as yourself coming on here and just laying that out and simplify it man helps people uh in ways that we couldn't even imagine so if you could man could you just tell us your greatest never quit story um i would say my greatest um like never quit story is still going on right now you know Mm -hmm. um because just like you guys both like we grew up we had a tough upbringing um we had a tough life growing up but our, our life still isn't over. I mean, we're still having to fight and push for our families and um, create and um, earn and all those things. So I, I don't think it, I don't think our like never quit story will never end because that's just the men that we are, that we want to be great for um, like our families and leave a great um, legacy. So uh, starting off, I was a little poor kid, didn't know I was poor, had no idea until I was about 14 that we were poor. Um, you know, grew up in a little town called Mejia, Texas. Uh, just, it was tough because my dad was not Um, he was, I, he, he was just a mean guy for about, uh, 12 to 15 days out of the month and he would have been meaner all 30 days out of the month if he had more money to buy more. So that's really not funny, um, but you gotta laugh because we've been, we, Mark's not grew up in that too. So you have to laugh at it. Well, you have to laugh or you'll cry, you know? I mean, that's because that's just the honesty of it. Because about the first of the month, or about the 14th or 15th, you know, like you just put your head down and you hit, you know? Um, and just seeing that, that abuse, you know? And as a dad now, as a uh, husband now, I almost feel sorry for him, which is weird, but you do. You almost feel sorry that wow. because he didn't have a father, he didn't have a good role model. Um, you know, it is a disease, you know, uh, I mean, being an alcoholic, it's a disease. Uh, his mother, uh, I mean, she was an alcoholic. So, you know, you, you kind of look at the background and you think, God, he didn't really have a, a chance to be great, you know, 
but I, I do think our never quit story is that we all have a chance and we all have a choice that we all make to change or to kind of remain in that situation. So growing up, it was tough. All those kind of things. My brother and my sister, um, like we grew up in this kind of violent kind of household. It wasn't always that way, but you know, most of the time when I was about 11, uh, my, my cousins, we had four cousins that moved in with us because their mom got killed. So now there were like seven children in the house. And so my dad was a janitor. He made 18,000 bucks a year. You're trying to raise like seven kids. Um, so you see all the abuse, you see the emotional abuse, you see the, um, you know, like all the physical abuse, just the verbal abuse, you know? Um, like I remember my dad saying this term and it'll stick in my head for the rest of my life. And I've already like forgiven him for it, but the term, I wish you were never born. Yeah. And I mean, as a, I can't imagine saying that to my sons right now, or like my daughter that I wish you were never born. You ruined my life. I wish you were never born. So to hear those things, how do you cope with that? You know, um, I think God builds us all differently gives us different like coping like mechanisms so he gave me that that mechanism to put those things in a box and put it in the back of my head and never think about it again mm. and just to move on and so going up through all those things uh, having my brother leave when he was about 16 he just said you know i'm out you know i can't take it i'm out so my brother was gone so it was just me and my sister for um probably the last three or four years um she got pregnant, um, like in high school. So she had a daughter, she had my niece. So my sister goes to college. I raised my niece for a year. Um, I, you know, and I don't even know if you guys know all this, all this craziness. So I'm about 16 years old, actually 15, like my uncle moves in with us. So we have an uncle now living with us. Just my mom is so sweet. She couldn't say no to anybody. So this lazy uncle that just didn't do much, you know, didn't have a job, didn't really do anything. He was just there. So I said, you know what? If he's going to live here, I'm not going to live here. And so my mom was too nice, she's too sweet, and she couldn't kick him out. So I said, I'm out. So at age 15, I move out. I'm in high school. I have my own job. I'm in the band. I'm the band captain. I'm the football captain. Um, I'm in scouts. I'm about to get my Eagle Scout, and I'm paying my own bills. I have my own house. Like I live by my age, like 15 years old, from 15 all the way through um, high school. Wow. Uh, so like I'm working at Sonic. I that that's how I ate most of the time. Is that I ate at Sonic for like lunch and dinner. That's how I ate. That's how I was able to feed myself. Uh, and the whole time, not many people knew that I lived like on my own. You know, um, I, I was blessed to have a good friend that his parents said, you know what? You can pay us rent. You can live in our back house. We've got a back house. Just don't do anything crazy. And, you know, if you need anything, come let us know. So that's how I lived my sophomore, junior and um, senior year. And, you know, you just think about like never quit. I, I actually, other than having good people around me, like in my community, um, that's the only way that I could have not quit. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, that explains how when we were in college, why we, why you never want to go to eat, eat at Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. But I mean, that's true. And the, the upbringing that we have is so similar, man. And I, I would try and think sometimes like maybe he has to be that way to make me the man that I am today. 
you know, because if you look at it like you, we were just getting beat down and punished for something we didn't do, that's kind of hard to get around. But if you look at it like it was a test, like it was, nah, you know, I right. look at it like that some bitch was just drunk and an it, yeah, asshole. That's why he's <laughs> like <laughs> you. I, I, yeah, it's mental notes. I will never do that to my sons. I will never say that to my son. I'm going to be better than you, just like you, Benny. I will, I will always be, I will always strive to be better than that asshole. Man, wow. I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine yeah. doing some of the. St- I mean, the way we got wh- whipped sometimes. You know, what I'm talking about. I'm, if I look at Caden and Brandon no. or Axe or I mean, like you can talk to them, but you can have a conversation with somebody, which is crazy too. Because we use. I mean, we learned how to use our fists at a young age and use them a lot. I mean, <laughs> but I could never put my hand on my co- on my child. Man, that's just. I mean, don't get me wrong. He gets a pop on the hiney when he's oh, bad. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll tune him up if he needs it, but I not like. I mean. That. Don't go beating. Don't don't go beating no. on me and say I wish you were never born. Right, right. And so that 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 was kind of the things that you know you 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 grow up, but you have and, and you wonder or you imagine how do you get out of those things and or how do you make it out of that situation? Um, I think I think every person has a choice. I mean, you got a choice to make. I was fortunate to be in great situations. I was a scout. You know, I was in my youth group. You know, you're in these situations, but like a lot of people are in those situations and they still end up screwed up, you know? So like what was different? I mean, it was a choice that I wanted to be better. And at a young age, you can't like articulate that, you know, and say, ah, this is, I'm striving to be the best human I can be. It was for me at that age, like I want to get out of my head and I know there's something better for me. Right. That's it. That's all I knew. I knew there was something better. So that drive, that, um, that fortitude, that thing that we all have together that, that kind of makes us, and I'm not going to say like makes us great, but I mean, makes us who we are. I mean, I mean, puts that drive, that will in us to, we don't have an option. Quitting is not an option. Like giving up is not an option. Failure is not an option. You know, I, I will be the best father. I will be the best husband that I can be because I saw it like modeled like the wrong way. So I know for sure. And I mean, I take like, I'm a little further than you are Morgan right now, a little further than you are. I mean, I'm glad my dad did that to me. I'm glad because if you wouldn't have done it, like maybe I would have taken it for granted. So I I know for for a fact, be that way with my kids. And so if that's what I learned from him, because he was terrible and he was a jerkwad most of the time, and I, I learned that I will not treat my kids like that, and that is meaningful. Every word I say to them holds value. Then, crap, you know what? I'm, I'm tough enough to have like handled like the beatings. I'm tough enough to have handled all the verbal abuse. I am. I mean, I'm tough enough. I handled it. Care of my family. Yeah, I, I, I give you kudos because Mark, you and Marcus are on the same playing love, playing field right now. Y'all, y'all, y'all forgave the old man. Move forward on that. I ain't got that point yet. I don't know what it is. I just, I was upset that I wasn't standing there when, on his dying days. Well, I mean, I, you look at it like, we just don't think about it. We push past it and learn from See, that's the biggest problem is people like always dwell on the bad stuff that they've been through as if they had to live in that every day. You just had to, to survive that yeah. moment. And once you have, you, it makes you stronger. Like, that's what I can take. I mean, it's one of those deals we got in, we, our, when we linked up and our all of our friends, our crew started running around together and we all worked together. That's to me, that was my I, my life, right? And then if you go back, if we had to go back home to the bad situations, that was kind of like the job. 
I mean, in our, you know what I mean? We ended, up, we ended, up, deal with we that. ended up building our dream family. Me, you, getting Benny in. Yeah, absolutely. The other, other crew we were running around with. So, like, no, like we, we would come back from vac- on leave from the military. We'd go to Benny's house. Yeah. <laughs> Who would go home? I mean, your family, you don't, to people, the blood thing, I mean, you can be you're either born with the blood in or you can spill it or, or shed it with them. And I mean, it all boils down to family. It looks like they're going to be there when everything gets bad. That's your family, right? That's who sticks beside you. That's what, that's what we created. Yeah, you're right. All right. Go ahead, Benny. Finish up. And I mean, that's just funny. You guys like say that is that now that you say it, it makes sense. We, we all built our family because our family wasn't what, what it should have been growing up. So instead of like feeling sorry for ourselves, we went yeah. and made our families. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to make, make my brothers. For ourselves, yeah. And that's what we did. I remember you touched on, you didn't know that you were uh, poor. And that, look, if you're happy that the monetary thing, man, I, I don't remember us not ever having a good time. As broke as we were, we had the best time ever in college together. It's kind of one of those. <laughs> yeah, and, broke. and once we found each other, I mean, we created our family. No one can stop us, right? We all had kind of the, the same drive, determination. What we enjoy is the same. That's why our, we're, we're so tight. The thing I love about our crew is if we walk in somewhere, people won't have any idea that that guy is a part of us. You remember those days when people would walk in and start, oh, it's, it's like start something with one of the guys in our crew and all of a sudden the, we'd all turn around and be like, what are you doing, man? And they realize what they had just stepped in. Because, I mean, that the love we have for each other and we went in our perspective directions, we still motivate each other. Like, I, I mean, how many graduations, everything you accomplished, you know, we'd come in and be there just, just so you'd see our face and then right. leave and, and right. uh, go back to what we need to be doing. Now we're all back together again with our families and our kids grow up together and, and as family, that's how it should be. And I mean, even, I think even like the responsibility that we carried for each other, um, you know, like I knew that you, you guys are in my family. So there's a standard that I've got to hold, you know, because that's the standard that you guys hold. And so there's a lot of that where you guys weren't even there that you were pushing and like motivating me and all the teams that I was with, you know, from the Cowboys to Texas Tech to Tennessee to the University of Texas. All those teams got pushed and like motivated because of like you two and like your standard. Because that's the standard that was set. So I wasn't going to let anything less than that come through, like in my coaching and all those different things. So even that aspect, man, just the standard that was set for our crew, man. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, it, it, I mean, it's a pretty high standard to be in that. It crew. is, right? That's funny, that's funny <laughs> you say that because Benny, so for everybody out there, Benny graduated before we did and went straight straight to the Cowboys, which we'll let him get into that here in a second. Uh, so Mark's are like, well, Obviously, we gotta make it into the seal seal teams because <laughs> God dang, talk about pressure. Benny's there setting the bar up all all high and misses. So we gotta, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's kind of funny. I didn't even really think about it like that, but you're right. We we constantly drive ourselves. Somebody's always pushing that bar a little higher, a little higher, a little higher. Yeah, but everybody who runs with it runs up to it because you know it's it's not like one of those one of our guys just takes off in a sprint to go do something by himself and achieve that glory. Man, he's got the he's got his hands out that we're holding on to. And then once we all get up there, rising tides raise all boats, right? That's kind of the, I don't know where that came from. Oh, that's absolutely true. Is that right? Yeah, I'm talking oh, yeah. About it. It's, yeah, it's the motivation because when you, 
implementing all those stuff because we'd call each other and say, hey, Benny, you ain't going to believe the torture I just went through. He's like, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that to my guys. And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's what we did today in training. Oh, that's a great idea. He called up. He's like, hey, guys. give me a good one. I was like, oh, I got a good one, man. They just pounded us on this one, bro. And then vice versa. Because the, li- brother, the life that I lead now as a speaker started because of you. Because when you brought me in there to talk to the boys, it all started right there. Somebody sitting in that room. People make these amazing friends through life and then they, they find an opportunity and then they leave and they leave that pack. Well, man, if they were motivating you enough to give you the, that opportunity, you should probably keep them around because they're a positive influence. And that's what we've always done. We're like, hey, I'm going to go do this. And everyone's like, all right, man, we'll back you up. Or they, or was like, they know us better than we know each other, right? I like to say all of our friends have a strength that covered down on one of our weaknesses that we have. That's why we don't feel vulnerable. And when we lose somebody, it's a big deal. It hurts. But I mean, we you, we could just move throughout life. Just I do with a, with a kind of not a carefree attitude, but a confidence that I have all you guys. It's powerful. Well, hey, Benny, can we? Uh, I'm interested. Can we move into talking about you know your history with training and your yeah. career and all that stuff and how that got? Because uh, I understand you're extremely successful with that. Yeah. So we were in. So we're in college. Benny's a star football player. That works three jobs, <laughs> maybe even four. Right. Um, so like I graduated May seventeenth. Of, um, of uh, 1999, I head to Dallas May, May 18th, and I trained Emmett Smith on the morning of May the 19th. And that's about how it started. So just very, very blessed. <laughs> and again, um, like, I think people are given opportunities to be great. It's your choice of like what you make of it, but you're given these opportunities. And so I was just very blessed to land that job as like the assistant strength coach like for the Dallas Cowboys and that was with Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Darren Woodson, I mean wow. uh, probably the strongest guy like in the NFL like Larry Allen, you know, when he bench pressed 700 oh. pounds. That's me on the bar spot, you know, all those cool things and uh, guys like Deion Sanders, I mean some of the best athletes and you know, guys, not just athletes but guys and the, the, the joy of my life is I've been around and I've seen alphas and men and women, not just men, but men and women that are at the top of their game. And you learn that there's several traits that are similar with all the great ones. Like Emmett was in the weight room every morning, 530, no, not 529, not 531, 530, same outfit, ready to rock and roll every day. No exceptions. And so those guys are creatures of habit. That's why he was so successful. Um, like Troy was, uh, Troy Eggman would walk into the weight room. It is business. He didn't really talk to me for the first six months I was there. <laughs> didn't say a word, would just say hello. But no, but he was saying if I was real. And so I told Joe, like my boss, I said, Joe, hey man, why are you letting me train Troy Eggman? He doesn't like me. He doesn't talk to me. He goes, no, you're fine. You're fine. Keep going. Well, Months, five and a half, six, somewhere in there. Uh, Troy walks in. I'm like, hey, Troy, good morning. I've been, you know, and he says, so um, how was growing up in Mahaya? I was like, um, it was awesome. You know, you know where that's at? He knew every detail. (laughs) He knew everything. He knew about Sam Houston. He knew that I ran track. He, you know, he was just saying if I was going to be a fan or if I was going to work hard and train him every day. And so, Hmm. you know, you know, stories like that with my days in Dallas that were awesome. And just, again, fortunate to, you know, 
just like we talked about earlier, like we all know our strengths and we all know like our weaknesses like of each other in the group. Well, like my boss, like Joe Jurassic was, he's my mentor. That's my guy. And so there were several jobs over the years that would come up. Hey man, what about this job? Nope. That's not the one for you. And so you think, man, he's got, he just didn't want me to leave. Well, he was holding cause he knew the one that I should have gotten. So when Texas tech came open, he, I mean, he made the call cause he was there before he goes, yep, that's the one go get it. So at age 26, I was a head strength coach at a Texas Tech University, like with Mike Leach and um, guys like Wes Welker, uh, guys like Michael Crabtree, Danny Amendola, who just caught the biggest two-point um, like conversion in the history of all of football, right. you know, right. like, you know, in this Super Bowl. Um, but again, seven great years there, training great athletes, uh, good, good young men that was probably the best time of like y'all's career, which you didn't know that. But during my time at tech, it it really correlated with like your careers. And so those guys got the best because I was getting the best from you guys. And I knew the standard again, like we talked about was high. So they got, I mean, the absolute, there was no, if you touched your knees and bent over, I was pissed because I knew what you guys were going through every single day. And then when you guys would come in and you were there and you would talk and those, uh, thanks to the team, I mean, they remembered those, those every word, you know, so that was a great time to be at tech and, um, and a good time for you guys as well. I loved you being at tech. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, you had mentioned uh, some characteristics that you've noticed from like champions and, and whatnot, and you mentioned the first one. Uh, is there more in that list? Commonalities? You were talking about uh, Emmett Smith and how oh, for alphas. Yeah, showing up, showing yeah. up in the gym. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would say the next um, characteristic is um, confidence, um, and it's it's a fine line between being cocky and careless, and you know being confident, and you you know a confident person you know like when you see him when you talk to him when you look him in the eyes i mean from the first handshake and look in the eyes you know you can read that and you can feel that and all the great ones are the same it's a it's an air it's just something about them that says you know what like i'm confident like i know what i'm doing so like guys like michael crabtree for example we're about to play one of our biggest games and he and he said coach is it weird that i'm not nervous i'm like no it's not weird at all you I mean, you should be, you know, you should have it like in uh, like a healthy respect, like an anticipation. But but fear is not for the ones that are highly trained and highly prepared and know that they are good at their craft. Fear, fear doesn't even enter into their mind. I said, no, I mean, you, you should go out there. You should, you know, you should have 100 yards receiving. You should have three touchdowns and like that should be your day. And so just those guys were very similar huh. uh, from Troy Aikman all the way down. You know, that 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 air of um, confidence was there. No, you're, that's absolutely right. I mean, in the, the, the confidence and the cocky, knowing what you're capable of and having the, the that's what the confidence is. If you're if you're mm-hmm. there, you've obviously done something to show these people that you, you, you deserve to be there. And I go out there and, and have fun with it. Right. Use your skills. Right. Um, and then I, I said another thing, like, I like to watch guys that are great, uh, because they have a switch, you know, and they, it's almost like a light switch. They can turn it on, they can turn it off. And 
because you've got a reserve. And I was, this is a funny story about Emmett Smith. Emmett would, uh, Emmett would listen to gospel before the games. I mean, just kind of slow, kind of, you know, when you see the young guy, he's listening to rap and rock and getting juiced up. I mean, two and a half hours before the game. And so, and I asked him, I said, Hey man, how do you get ready? Listen to that. He goes, like when I step on the field, I'm ready. When I step off the field, I turn it off. I've got to reserve everything I have for the moments, for, you know, for the moments that I need it. Huh. And so you look at the great ones, they're able to turn it on, turn it off and have this kind of weird ability, man, to be, go from zero to 100 and then right back down to zero at their, you know, at a whim, just I'm on, I'm off, I'm on, it's time no wasted energy, no wasted like emotions, just perform and then like rest and recover, perform, rest and recover. Well, that to me sounds like, you know, mastery, work on the fine tuning of the details of what it takes to, to get the job done, knowing exactly when you need to push and reserving for when you don't need to push. You know what I mean? And, and Absolutely. Just, that's what knowing, I mean, you know what kind of athlete you are, all the coaches and the I mean, that's what they're great at seeing. And don't ever let anybody tell you what kind of athlete you are. You, you, you know what you are. Right? And, and then go out there and, and perform. Even with talking about, talk about the athletes, you got to think about in Benny's position, like us and the teams, you had to get up every day and earn your trident every day. That's what they said. No easy mm-hmm. day was yesterday. Like I said. He had to be on the top of his game and know the, not only just the leading exercise physiology Every single athlete that walked through the door was different. Yeah, so he has to cater to exactly. every single mm-hmm. person to walk through that door. And then some people can't do that. Obviously, Benny's great at what he at, at doing it. Yeah, you know what? Um, uh, Greg Jackson, legendary MMA, coach, MMA yeah. coach, he said the exact. You know, he said pretty much exactly that right there. Yeah, otherwise, you know, you're just going you if go you train Taylor. all your athletes like you train one individual. You're just going to have one individual. You're, you're going to have the same guy and know who's re- who right. responds to what. Right. That's part of being a great leader as well. Good job, Benny. Yeah, Benny, outside of uh, your own personal experience, you've seen a lot of athletes, obviously, um, in never-quit kind of scenarios. Has that changed your perspective? Has that modified it? Um, or do the people, or, or do the athletes that come to you already, they're so elite, you know, the ones that are coming to you, they're so elite that, well, that's not even, that's not in your wheelhouse at all. They've already developed that. That's not something that you deal with. Well, uh, just like we talked about, uh, if you are one of the greats, you understand that there's a continued never quit attitude. There's a continued um, mastery, as you said, of that skill set, because just because you are great today, that does not mean you're going to be great tomorrow. And so there's a consistent grind to be great. So the, the best people that I've been around and not just athletes, the best people that I've been around, they understand that they are never done. There, there, you you never have all the answers. You never have it all figured out. You're always grinding and trying to get to that, you know, squeezing blood out of a turnip, if you will. I'm trying to get the best out of life, out of the exercise, out of like whatever um, like scenario that is. So um, I, 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 I think you can always, it doesn't matter how great you are at your craft, you can always get better. Absolutely. Backed. Absolutely. Backed, period. Right. Very rarely do you combination. Very rarely do you have the natural God given person with 
you know, the intangible, I, I'm going to work harder than anybody. And I'm just like you guys, like on the teams, like how many guys walk in there that can run, you know, you know, a sub five minute mile and, and also have the, the innate leadership abilities. I mean, like you two, I mean, I mean, that's, and I mean, think about how hard you guys had to work and you're already talented and how hard you had to push. And I mean, I remember the stories you guys tell me, of just the runs. I mean, I mean, all the discuss. I mean, I'm I'm gonna put out, and it, there's no option. So think about you guys are already were talented going in, and you are still able to push. So it is very rare to find. I mean, rare guys like a. I mean, it's like find a unicorn, man. The <laughs> <laughs> person that can push. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Bud's is the proving ground for that, right? Yeah. I mean, we can all think of that super athlete or whatever his resume was, and you're like, my God, this this guy is here in the class with us. And oh, then yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Well, he didn't have it upstairs. Yeah, and the then you remember the guys that were, the guys, they had to be towed on the swims, and they had to be pushed in the runs and all this stuff. Right here. Those quiet ones that came from. Those guys. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah. They they have dumped twice as much energy into getting through that evolution as you did, and you're like, wow. I now I see that I can give more. He's pushed me further and made right. me realize what oh, I you need each other. God, I think God is. puts each type of person on the planet to because they need each other. You need that guy with that special talent to show guys who don't have it what what you can achieve, and then the work ethic, vice versa. I'm the first guys hmm. well, they mustered us in the pit for the height line there was a dude there he was jacked uh, i mean like a bodybuilder i was like oh right there that guy's gonna i'm gonna stand next to him he's gonna make it dude just looks like a seal first five minutes oh man dude gone just gone and then it's those hundred the dude over there in the corner that's just you're like oh man like a grenade right just just and we we were talking about that the difference when we graduate what is height normally you're between 109 175 pounds to 200 maybe the best mm. shape you're ever gonna be in is what that what, what Bud's training does to you? Just the height's different, and all you, when you come out of that, what you know is you can basically be trained to do anything and handle well, at least anything man can put on us till they up to killing us, right? We got guys dying and training all the time. Yeah, it's kind of like the same concept as as high school. I mean, at least in my perspective, a lot of the stuff you learn in high school is just training you how to learn, and then I suppose if you move on to like education beyond that, you're actually then being trained in something useful. And I think Buzz was sort of the same way that you're talking about, where it's showing you what you can do. I mean, you don't really learn hard skills in Buzz. You pick that stuff up later. I mean, that pipeline continues for another... Ever. Ever. Year and a half, two years, you know, before your operation. Once once you're... All of us can dream in our head of how powerful we can be, how fast we can run, you know, what we can accomplish, right? And then when you're going through training or when you're doing... What Benny does, once your body catches up and you can actually do something that was in your mind you couldn't do previously, that balance, man, that that's a force that can't that's be reckoned energy, with, yeah. man. He's like, wow, I can do that. Well, let me see if I can do this. I was going to touch on something you guys told me that I thought was awesome. And uh, we probably took it from somebody. Buds. I thought that was <laughs> it's probably <laughs> stolen. <laughs> we probably stole it from somebody. <laughs> Plagiarism. <laughs> Oh, which I love Um, because that's, I mean, that's not a good leader, man. Find good things and share it. Um, You guys told me Bud's was not the hardest thing that you, that you went through. No, no. That it only began, it only began after you got out of Bud's. Yeah, we stole that line. And so, 
True statement. Uh, I mean, that's what was cool. What we we're just talking about is that mental preparation where you're where it's cool when you get to what you're talking about, Marcus, where you get to that confident level. I've trained hard enough. Now, let me see what I can do. That's what you guys did out of buzz. That's what my guys did out of off season. So now you get into the season, man. It is limitless. I mean, you you feel limitless because there is nothing that the opponent is going to do to me that my coach hasn't put me through, and I survived and I made it on the other side. There is oh, yeah, nothing absolutely. that there's nothing bad guys going to throw at you guys that your instructors didn't put you through times ten, and so that that. Thought that was a cool one when you guys were talking about that earlier. It just made me think about when you guys told me because I thought, yes, you guys made it. You know, I'm like, I was at the graduation, buzz is over. Oh man, you guys are sealed. It's awesome. You're like, oh, let no. the games begin. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even because it's not even real yet. That, that that wasn't even real. Yeah, you're not even really a team guy. At that no, you're not all, a team all, guy all at that point. Buds does so. You're in that with your class. It just proves to all the other seals that you can take. Just the basic pain, and you can understand just the basic knowledge, and then you know you're trainable because you still have to prove your place among us uh, once once you get in there, man. And, and uh, but that's the drive you get in around all those guys who've all been through the same thing, officer and enlisted. And once you when you go through, just to kind of back up a little bit. When you the reason the bond's so tight with football players when you go through that chaos and that pain most normal people don't go through and with those guys and they're still there beside you and they, they help alleviate that alleviate the pain in some way, whether it's a laugh, a joke, or they're just sitting there taking it kind of with that dumb look on your face. Like, like we all have, like no one can be in as much pain as I am right now. And then you just kind of roll your head over and this dude's making his face like, Oh yeah, that dude's <laughs> suffering, man. So mm -hmm. it, it, it creates, that's where the bond comes from. And you're right. That's what, I mean, I think I missed the idea of being a Navy SEAL. More than I would actually miss it, but I do miss the guys, right? It's, it's, you, you train right. so hard right. just so you can hang out with them. I mean, that, that was it. I was just like, right. I want to make sure that I am capable of staying around here just to hang out with you guys. That's how I tell Hunter to, to get through college. I'm like, you got a lot of good friends you like? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you got to make it great so you can hang out with them. Right. So let me, let's put this up. I want the viewers to hear this, Benny. So I don't, sometimes I don't think they understand. So you went from the Cowboys and you got into the, the, the collegiate ranks. Your job is directly correlated on the effort of the team. So no matter how well you train them, your job is always at risk of being taken away if the head coach goes away. Mm -hmm. So you're almost having to start over because it's never a sure thing in college sports. If anybody follows college football, they know, I mean, somebody's going to come up, somebody's going to come down. I mean, the next savings are rare. It's got to be nerve wracking knowing that, Hey, look, I have a wife and three kids. You can't walk into the players locker room and go, Hey, look, you guys lose again. Yo, I'm homeless. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> talk to the coach. Hey, coach you know, we need to do, do you want to talk man. about, I mean, that's gotta be so exhausting. This adds, this goes into your never quit story, bro. I mean, there's something to be said about that. Well, and, and I mean, that goes into just who we are and how yeah, it a, goes into really how we're raised. You know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, watching my mom, like watching like your mother um, put in work and grind every day when you know that there's really not any good outcome going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, our mothers put in work when you really know there's no hope. I mean, and so I think on a daily basis, man, I would go in. Worst case scenario, we may get fired. We may lose every game, but it won't be my fault. 
because I'm going to work my nuts off every day. I'm going to train you as hard as I can and take care of my responsibility every day because there's, to me, there's always, there's always a little bit of hope, even if it is, you know, I mean, the old movie. So you're saying we got a chance, you know, Uh, saying there's a chance. So, I mean, there, there's always a chance that one play could turn our entire season around. And I'm that eternal optimist that, you know what, as long as, as long as I put in the work and our team trained as hard as they could, I, I want to meet that opportunity if it arises. I want to be prepared for that opportunity, like when it hits. And so, again, yeah, you're you're right. That's that never quit um, story. That's that never quit attitude. That's the never quit like mentality. As long as I've got a chance. I'm putting in as much work as I can. And I feel like I've always got a chance as long as I'm on two feet, like I've got a chance. And so every day that I walk in, I mean, I'm, I am held to such a high standard by my crew, by my God that says you better work because I've given you a talent. I've given you a talent to do this job and to do it well and to do it better than most people could do it. And I understand that's a talent that's given to me. I didn't just say, Hey, look at me. I'm awesome. Um, and so I, I think what you're asking, um, you know, true, what you're asking Morgan is that th- there is no option, man. There, there was no option, not with the crew that we hang out yeah. with, mm-hmm. not, not with our families counting on us. And it's not a, a matter of, uh, you know, if I don't, if we don't win, like my kids aren't going to be able to eat because like, guess what happens if I get fired, guess what's going to happen day two after I'm fired. I'm going to find something else to do because my crew says never quit. Yep. My, my crew says I was, man, back when you said that, when you said, yeah, <laughs> you know, here we go. Sled. Uh, Sometimes you got to d- despite what's going on outside around you. I mean, like control what you can control, you know, and I mean, you hear it all the time. And I think sometimes people outside uh, of us and even like the listeners right now, you, there's things that are out of your control. They are just are. There's nothing you can do about some of these external things that are going to happen to you. But what you can control is your attitude and your mentality and how you go about your business and how you wake up every day and how you go to bed every night. I mean, you are in control of your body and your mind. And so mm-hmm. you have a choice, just like we did as kids. You have a choice to fight for yourself and fight for your life and fight for your rights and fight for things that you want to come and be better you have or you can choose the other way but you have that choice and um so i was able to always draw our team in and put those guys minds on what i thought they needed to be on and not worry about the outside yeah i want our i want our listeners to know again so, so like Sometimes it seems like there's a perception amongst everyone else that if somebody's in a certain position, they were born into a family that got them to that position or they were elevated there for some other arbitrary reasons. But nothing in his lineage would have said, hey, look, I'm going to be the strength coach for the Cowboys or the University of Texas or Tennessee. He went out, just like he said, it's your choice on how hard you want to train and drive yourself. And if you want something bad enough, go get it. Period. End of discussion. Quit. Never stop fighting for that opportunity. And here he sits today. Now you're saving the lives of vets, working with the veteran community. Yes, sir. I mean, we've gone from. Yes, sir. That's what's next. Yeah, go on on that one, Benny. So we've been blessed with another great opportunity to um, contract with our uh, Air Force um, and with our Army and going out and just kind of helping 
change like training and um, physical training and what that looks like. And um, hopefully like working into the Navy soon. Um, but just on a daily basis, what I do here, like in Abilene, Texas, is that we want our vets to feel like they've got a place to train and a place to go. We train our um, like our local like police officers and our local firefighters and like first responders, because to me, that is our first line of defense, like in our community is and I don't care what you think about the police and all those different kind of things. Like I'm in a citizens like police academy right now. And I love our police, and I thought I knew. I have no idea. So if you've never done mm. that, for any of you listeners out there, if you've never gone through, and every city has it, uh, they've done it since about 1980, um, like the Citizens Like Police Academy. You go through, it's about eight weeks long. Uh, it's amazing the things that you'll learn about your city um, and about what they do. So we help train those men and women um, because it's important that they get home at night because every single traffic stop could be like life or death. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a perspective. Mm -hmm. It's the perspective. My brother's a law enforcement officer and it's, if you don't have some kind of window into how that works, uh, we talked about this. Most human beings, especially Americans don't like to deal with other people's crap. All right. And if you got somebody willing to Get up every morning and throw on a uniform and a badge that identifies themselves as a person who deals with other people's crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, that in itself is to be applauded. It is is, is unbelievable. I did my ride along uh, last week. And I mean, it's crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy. Jen is uh, also my wife, Jen. uh, She's in this uh, deal with me, this academy with me. So she did her ride along two weeks ago. She had the cool chase where they're pinging the guy's phone and they're finding them and it was awesome and she's like i'm gonna be a police officer <laughs> and i had one where um like i had two uh like young parents they were both on you know had warrants they both had possession of marijuana there's a two-year-old kid uh like charlotte is the girl's name i, I still i can't get her name out of my head this two-year-old baby girl was in the back seat and that's what her norm is and so that she grows up with a perspective of the, the, the cops are bad because they uh, took my parents to jail. Oh, no, your parents need to stop smoking mm, weed and the they car. would maybe not go to yeah. jail, mm. you know, and, and like pay their fines, pay their warrants, do all the things they're supposed to do. Uh, so I got that one where they had to call CPS out. And I mean, it was just the most sad thing you've ever seen in your life. Um, but so that's, that's what we're doing like locally and pushing that program out to um, actually we're trying to push it out like statewide. So I'm going to go speak to all the Texas like chiefs of police here um, next week in the Woodlands and just pushing fitness is only a vehicle that gets you to um, a place where you have like clarity, um, where you're making great decisions because the fit officer uses less force. Because he is what we go back to what we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. They're confident. I don't have to draw on you. I don't have to taser you because I can manhandle you if I need to because I'm fit. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so pushing that that theme of like fitness and being fit for duty uh, that pushes out to, of course, like our veterans and really trying to draw those men and women in because I think with what like Morgan is doing that that cognitive and you know you need an outlet you need that physical to help that uh to help that recovery process like with the mind absolutely i mean it goes hand in hand yeah, i was just 
Look, it's one of those deals where if your if your life is a hurricane, if it's a storm, it's always chaotic, right? And that's what ours was. All of our lives were kind of hurricanes. It's a lot easier to control that when you have pe- good your your good people around you that you love that care about you, right? And that 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 show you the path you're supposed to go on and bring bringing what you're doing into your community, man, that's what it's doing. It's pulling the community together. And eventually what will happen is if you get a face on everybody in your town, it's kind of hard to kill them, rob them, and do bad things to them if you, if you know them. That was back, you go back far enough when everybody went to church, there was a reason behind that too. I community, mean, right? Yeah, so everybody goes in and you know what everybody's up to and how everybody's doing. We like to isolate ourselves. Right. I mean, the, it seems like the more people think, I mean, the more social media grows and we think we're connected, we're not. We're less connected. And we need to get into that whole deal. Absolutely. And then I, I, I kind of like what you said there, Marcus, is that to, to me, the whole theme for me, like my like never quit story, it all has to do with the people that I was able to have around me and the people that, you know, when you did want to quit, it was just not an option. And that goes all the way back to us meeting in college and, you know, having you guys, I mean, I'm telling you, man, you, you have no idea even to this day the impact you two had on my life and the standard with of what we had. I had no, I'm telling you, I literally had no choice but to do my best because of you two. I had no choice. It was no option. You know what? That's really, I mean, that really is from listening to this from the outside perspective. The big theme here is like, you can't underestimate that, that power and significance of, of accountability that you get from the people you surround yourself with. And how that that power forces even, you yeah, up. Yeah, you understand, Dude, man. Was saying that too. Pushes you up. Yeah, everywhere Dude, we go, man. That. In order to, I may be my by myself somewhere, but in order to beat me physically, probably, but to beat me mentally, you have to beat every one of these guys. And if we're together, you have to beat every one of us physically and mentally, no matter what we're doing. And that's almost it, it gonna be impossible. We can't even fathom. That's the strength. I mean, that's the cool part. You almost take it back to old school, like Thundercats. You guys remember oh, Thundercats? I was I mean, that they were, we used to talk about that all the time. They were, great, <laughs> they were great on their own. They had their own strengths. But then when, when, when crap hit the fan, there was the only way to win is, hey, hey, baby, we better come together. Boom, boom, boom. And you come together and you have this unbelievable, uh, you know, powerful being. And that's what we have, man. And, um, you know, we're uh, brought and pulled together like Governor Perry. I mean, I, I never would have met Governor Perry on my own. You have people that you're pulled in that, man, it, the standard, man, the standard is so high for us that we're in this group of if I did want to quit, God, man, I mean, you go through this list of people that would be really, really disappointed. Yeah, you just be sh- shamed yeah. into no, right? <laughs> Well, hey, uh, you know, we really, really appreciate your time, and we just want to. We always now? ask, yeah. At the end, <laughs> we're starting to run a little long, hours. but we always, uh, we always want to get a question out of somebody, and that's the three points of advice that, or even two things, five things. What was it? Dewey the other day gave us seven. Seven. So, lessons that you know, if you were just to pass on three things to listeners, you know, something they can practically apply. Yeah. Points Dewey, of advice. Dewey anything like choice that. a lot. That was his choice. You brought that up, Benny. Yeah, and that's come up several times a day already. Yeah, personal decision, responsibility, choice. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, like, one of my favorite uh, quotes, I've got a couple, um, is just work hard and be nice to people. If you can do that, that will 
like almost like alleviate any issues that you're going to come up with in life. I mean, be the hardest worker in the room and treat everybody well. You know what I mean? Those two, they're almost so simple that they're hard, you know, mm. work your nuts off, be, treat people well. And even if they treat you wrong, you know, even if they treat you wrong, it's okay. I treat you well and I send you on your way, you know? And then of course, being the hardest worker in the room, I tell like all my athletes that if you are the hardest worker in the room or you're at least striving for that, then it will like alleviate any issues of starting playing time coaches treating me bad no i'm the hardest worker in the room in any room that i walk into so mm. i think that's one of my favorite quotes and then just of course you know like we all have a choice every day that we wake up you have a choice of how you're going to act how you're going to respond like what you're going to do it is no one else's choice it is only your choice you can listen to all the podcasts you want you can watch all the inspirational tv you want you can read all the motivational books you want but at the end of the day you still have to make the choice to be great to never quit to be better than who whatever situation that you're around so it is your choice so um absolutely that would be it and other than my favorite quote like i treat my body hard and I make it obey me for once declaring myself that participant, I wish not be disqualified by reasons of my own negligence. So, um, I actually have that tattooed on my arm because of Benny right there again, again, wow. I don't have anything that cool. That's how much I love that guy. Nice. Uh, so that's it. I mean, that's me, man. If I could, if I could put it in a little time capsule, I put those three things in there. And, um, I think if you read those, like in 10 years and 50 years, you know, if you read those in a hundred years, they would all still apply. Yeah. Stand that test of time. Uh, right. Funny when you said, uh, be nice, you reminded me, just jerked me back to roadhouse. So we all work together at this, uh, at this old honky tonk in, in a college town. <laughs> <laughs> we had this old bro. Oh. We took their mind. Yeah. Leave they can go out. on for years, <laughs> years, years of stories. All right, brother, man, that, that's all we got, dude. I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and just giving I love it, you. sharing your wisdom. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's been an honor to grow up along with you. And hey, get down get down here this weekend, man, if the wife's bailing. Yes, sir. I'll do it. Hi, right, brother. Love you. We're out. Thanks a lot. Love you. See you guys. I wish he lived with us. Huh. Anytime I have a bad day, I just, I'll actually call him. Hmm. We go through these stages in our lives together. I, every time I stand next to him, I always, I always feel like he takes more from each one of our sections than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank Benny again for coming on the show. It's, uh, it's no secret that Mark's not consider him a brother. Like I said, I, I mean, I named my first board son after him. So Yeah, like I said, I don't have anything that cool. <laughs> but the biggest takeaways and what Benny said, and and it's absolutely true, true to true to faith, true to word. Is you know, first and foremost, you always have choices, and he lived his life by that. No matter what adversity came his way from his childhood to his early years up until now, he's like, you always have a choice. You wake up and make your own choices, and and steer your life in the proper direction. It's up to you. Can't blame anybody else for it. Yeah, I mean that's a common thread. We were talking to Dewey just uh, Dewey a couple of days thing. ago. Yeah, that was. I mean, you want to talk about an example of being put in prison unjustly and he goes through that for what about six six months or so and then he says enough i can change this and that's really hard in the moment you know what i mean we, we've all been you there, imagine where where you realize you know what i have a 
I have a shitty attitude about this. I am making this harder than it ought to be. You know, but then to actually take it upon yourself to make that cho- that change. Yeah, that's, that's hard yeah, to it's do. It's all on you, right? I boil it down. I mean, you can put most. Of, not easy and everyone do. likes to put the last one off on me. You know, I was driven this direction. Well, then you could have driven yourself in the other direction. It, it, it really is all up to you, man. And it, once you figure that out and you tell yourself that you're going to do this, nothing can stop you. I mean, we didn't even get to the. We didn't get to touch on him after that. I mean, he won that show strong. I was working with the. We touched on the veterans a little oh, bit. Yeah. But I mean, he's just yeah, nonstop. Totally to leave that out. Yeah, yeah, I was here about that. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone's show they had on. Um, NBC, I think. What's I may be getting that wrong. It's called Strong. Strong. It's where um, they found a select group of trainers, and then they found a select mm-hmm. group of women who put in their kind of their resume. And mm-hmm. it was almost a combination of American Ninja Warrior and The Biggest Loser. And the transformation. The greatest part about this is even if so, every week they had a contest, and the losers, the losing team, would have to be voted. They would get removed from the show, but they didn't get rid of the they get rid of them. They were behind the scenes. So the, the women stayed and worked out with them. And the transformations that they went through are jaw dropping. Really? I mean, oh, yeah. like what? Okay, okay. I mean, just the, they were, most of them were uh, overweight, out yeah. of shape, down, down on themselves, depressed, if you will. Um, and they ran the gamut from a waitress to a housewife to all walks of life from all around the country. And it paired with, there was a con- there was a competition between the trainers on the first show, and then the, every one every woman got to choose their trainer. Uh, Benny got hmm. first place, so the first lady was like, "Oh, I want him." And every so if, if a cup if a couple if a trainer and I call them couple if they were removed from the show they they would show the before and then the end result. And every single one of them, I mean, every one of them was just one eighty out, night and day difference. And then of course Benny and and his young lady Julie. I think was her name. I hope I didn't get that wrong. She looked exactly like his wife. It was hilarious. I got to meet her. They had a strong, they had a strong presentation in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And um, I walked in and hugged Jen, Jennifer, Benny's wife. And I was like, I was like, does anybody ever told you that, that she looks exactly like you? She's like, I hear it every day. <laughs> a great woman. She's from Minnesota. Yeah, hilarious. But uh, so yeah, he carried, carried the load all the way. And the competitions were, it wasn't something that you'd naturally be good at. It was, it was like an American Ninja Warrior. It's like, Doing spider walls and all this kind right. of stuff, but you had to carry. You, you your have partner. no chance for. Yeah, you prior, had to take your partner uh, skills with you, helping you out with this. Yeah, through the whole thing. So, yeah. like Benny's obviously an Adonis, is extremely strong, but it was he had he had to, his his partner had to help him with everything. So he he was only you're only as strong as your weakest link, weakest link, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, it it was an amazing show. And anyway, he got he huh. got first place on that. Isn't it kind of amazing how uh, that kind of thing shows you that everybody what anyone's able to accomplish. Well, that's but what I was thinking. You just yeah, have to get, thing. I mean, in that situation, obviously you've got the, you know, someone to assist you, but you commit yourself to making that change. And you said everybody on the show, to one degree or another, made a drastic transformation. Everyone, so, not, no, everyone absolutely did. Yeah, it just goes to show you that it's possible. Oh, yeah. Once yeah, you yeah. commit yourself, and then obviously with the it, show. It that, is, it's a, it's a really good example of you, you don't have to be, you have to be stuck in whatever it is you're in. If you want to get out of it. You don't get out of that rut you're you in. You can't. And. It also shows that when we work together, we help mm-hmm. each other out. I mean, people are proficient at something, and somebody's not. You get together, and you're all good at it. So, so those young ladies got a motivator with those coaches, and it helped them do that. So, like, we surround ourselves. Luckily, in the teams, everybody's motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're out there, and you're, you're, I would say, hey, you know, find yourself that's motivated. Somebody, somebody that's motivated to help you get out of that rut. You're that was like, another thing we talked about in the show is the power of 
the people that you surround yourself with and Correct. how how they can push you up. Absolutely. To raise that bar, that accountability. Yeah, it, absolutely. To watch that transition of the young lady that he was training, there was an absolute turning point in the middle of that show where she went from, I can't, I can't, I can't, to, oh, yeah, I absolutely can. You remember what it was? What, I what, actually what asked Benny kick? that, uh-huh. and I asked her and Benny that at the same, at the same time at that at presentation. And she, and she was like, I, it's almost like I looked in the mirror one day after we had accomplished um, an, like an arduous event. And I, I looked in the mirror one day, and I was like, you know what? I, I saw somebody else. I saw what hmm. I can be. And then it was, then it was just smooth sailing from then on out. Uh, and a lot of people think that huh. transformation takes forever. It it doesn't. I mean, if you set up your workout program just where you get up and walk to the mailbox, you just do that. That's just just say every day I'm going to do that, or today I'm going to do it, and then tomorrow I get up and do it again. Well, it is one of those overnight deals. You you wake up, you look in the mirror, and as soon as you see something that's different, exactly. that's when it's locked in, right? And yep. and you know, have it help you if somebody notices it too. Like, hey, have you? I, I don't mean, you know, I'm just trying to say it looks like you've like, and once that's on top of it, man, you, you never go back. And then once you reach a certain, <laughs> that certain point in your mind and your body, man, it's just kind of like, I can never go back to the way I was because I enjoy this one too much. Yeah. Yeah. That immediate change just because it's a change of perspective. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. You know, you said something the other day that was funny that really hit home with me and uh, everybody, you've always had that comment where some dude, you know, from, from, from the team or something like that says something like, man, you losing weight. Oh, no. it's terrible. What? Uh, Horrible. <laughs> what are you trying to say? You, you up to that point, you might have just got done with the most badass dick dragon workout oh, no, you've yeah. ever done. <laughs> and you felt like you are in peak condition. But as soon as that happens, your perspective just changed yeah. about yourself. Pull the plug right there. Down the trainer. <laughs> Cork out the butt. Blood flowing. Yeah. But that, that's, that's a good point, though. So when people, when they work out and they read the magazines, like, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start this diet. And then what... What's in their head is the end result. Like mm-hmm. That's that's going to look like. That's what you're motivated. That that's well and good, absolutely. But there is that in between that one point where you notice something that that it's working. It's encouragement. Yeah, it absolutely is, yeah. man. You, I mean, Seeing whether progress. it's just your arms are tighter or you feel it, whatever it is, man. It's it's it doesn't take that entire time. It only takes a couple weeks. All you need is that little that little encouragement. encouragement. You see that, yeah. and then it's it's on. And the rest goes. It seems like it goes a lot faster. All right. Well. Love you, Benny. And so, I mean, as far as that goes, as far as Benny goes, man, he's just kind of one of those embodiments of, of everything you strive to be. And, you know, he, great part about him, you know, he's human, he makes mistakes, he ponies up to him. We, you know, we fail in the open, and that, that doesn't discourage him. It shouldn't discourage anybody to make mistakes or to fail, man. That's, that's what lets you know that you're trying hard. So, Benny, thank you for all those life lessons, man, and, and everything you've given us over the years. And I'm going to close this out. I'm going to close it out by saying, Thank you to the good Lord for everybody coming back here and listening to this show and all my friends and family and to you, Benny, for for all your guidance over the years, brother. We love you. Let me say something next and then Morgan close it out. But uh, I just want to say, Morgan, it's been good to be on the show with you. Thanks mm-hmm. for uh, helping us out while Dave's on vacation. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Wizard. It's been, uh, been a pleasure. And it has been my pleasure to be on the show. It's been a lot of fun, actually, talking to, to our guests, especially Benny, you know, actually. I love him to death. That's what I'm thankful for, to have him in my life. He's a true champion, and it gives me drive and, and purpose to see, you know, try to keep up. And it's always good. It's, it's healthy to have competition in your life. So, I surround, like I said, we Absolutely. surround ourselves with champions, and Benny is definitely one of those guys. I'm thankful for my, my, my two young sons and my niece and nephew and my brother. God bless. That's all I got. Thank you all for coming out and listening to us one more time at PNQ Podcast. And we'll see you all next week. We're up. 
We're out. Never quit. Game never quit. Game never quit radio.